I'm Jack Zemlicka, and welcome to this episode of our 2017 Precision Farming Dealer Podcast Series. Today's episode, Developing a Decision Ag Model for Agronomic Service Return, is once again being brought to you by Farmer's Edge. If this is your first time tuning in, you can subscribe to this series and get updates on future episodes currently available in iTunes, the Google Play Store, SoundCloud, Stitcher Radio, and TuneIn Radio. Or if you prefer another app for listening to podcasts, let us know. We'll look to get that added here as well. I also encourage you to mark your calendars. Plan to attend the upcoming Precision Farming Dealer Summit, January 8th and 9th in Louisville. The theme of this dealer-only event is bridging the precision profitability gap and will feature a mix of general sessions, panel presentations, and roundtable discussions. Space is limited, and you can visit precisionfarmingdealersummit.com for more information and updates. Thanks again to Farmer's Edge, proud to partner with dealers across the United States to unlock exceptional opportunities for their farm customers. Through innovative technology and field-centric tools, their whole farm smart solution will strengthen your platform and enhance your customer relations. Grow opportunities for your customers and become a representative for Farmer's Edge today. Visit them at FarmersEdgeUSA.com slash become a representative or call them at 952-582-1398. Well, adopting a decision ag model rooted in service accountability, cross-training, and advanced metrics positions Southern States Cooperative for continuous growth in an ever-changing segment of the ag industry. Unlike traditional farm equipment dealerships, the Richmond, Virginia-based Farm Cooperative doesn't sell hardware or machinery, and agronomy services account for nearly half of total annual revenue for the 200,000-member co-op. To meet revenue expectations along with the diverse support needs of customers from Delaware to Florida and states in between, the 2017 Precision Farming Dealer Most Valuable Dealership has cultivated a precision culture rooted in training diversity, service flexibility, and a proof versus projection sales mentality. In today's Precision Farming Dealer podcast brought to you by Farmer's Edge, we welcome in David Swain, Precision Farming Manager for Southern States, for a conversation about in-season evaluation of precision farming data being a key to the agronomic support and the value of a service-first business model with a facts versus speculation approach. You guys really seem to be kind of taking that next step in precision and, you know, kind of moving from just that hardware side now getting into kind of the decision-making mm-hmm. element. So maybe you can just talk a little bit about, and that, that's kind of seemed to be a big theme here that popped up, how you guys, you know, are kind of making that transition. What's mm-hmm. what's driving that? What's making you successful in your mind mm-hmm. in, in that area? I think there's a lot of it. We've done pretty pictures for a long time. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of the technology has been driven by equipment. Previous jobs, I was more on the equipment side of the business and had started out on the agronomy when I came out of school and then worked equipment side and the equipment technology, software, some of the data management in the earlier years, but it was all about pretty pictures rather than, okay, how do we fix the issues that we're finding? 
And so having that whole perspective coming back to retail, retail agronomy really gave it a whole new perspective on how we needed to approach precision and, and really how is it going to become just agriculture, mm-hmm. more along the lines of agronomy technology and taking the data and making it useful again. Instead of, I've got, you know, 20 years worth of yield data on sticks that are in the desk drawer mm-hmm. that no one's ever told me that had any use for it. I just should do it. And so now what we're looking at is not just looking at grid sampling, a variable rate application, and a yield map at the end of the day. We want to do a lot more with that. Former coworker of mine always said, you know, articulated it very well with the fact that a yield map is like a coroner because you learn a lot from a dead body, but it's still dead. Same thing with a crop. There's nothing we really are able to do about it. We learn a lot from it, but we can't we can't fix anything. We can't deal with low nutrient levels. We can't deal with diseases. We can't deal with you know, weed populations that we find after the fact. So now we want to go into more of a nurturing and and taking the data we learned from at the beginning, build off of that throughout the season, some of the compaction sampling, field scouting, tissue sampling, in-season soil sampling, and really looking at what's happening as the crop is growing and being able to perform or execute some function that will help the farmer grow that crop because we're finding the limiting factors. Some we can take care of in season, but some we learn about, and now that comes a part of the next next year's plan, mm-hmm. such as compaction. You can't fix compaction in season, so now we're gonna we're gonna deal with a nutrient issue because of the compaction now, but now we deal with the compaction at the end of the season, whether it's tillage, whether it's cover crops, whatever that case is. Well, and you mentioned, and I'd seen this uh, phrase uh, in in uh, the nomination and materials, and then also you just mentioned um, agronomy technology. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's how do you differentiate that from precision technology? Uh, to a certain point, there isn't a differentiation. Uh, precision ag has always been kind of a misnomer, but it was the the, the catchphrase that caught on in the mid '90s, and so it stuck. Today, it's not precision ag because there's precision ag can be really a very broad aspect. You know, before it was grid sampling and variable rate, then it became auto steering and and some of those equipment technologies. So what is it? And again, we go back to really today, it's just farming. And so how are we going to use these technologies across everything that we do and help them produce a crop, help them become profitable, become more profitable become even more competitive on a global marketplace. You know, you've been here four years? Just not quite. Not quite, okay, N- nearly four years. Um, how have you seen kind of the precision segment of southern states grow? I mean, what, what have, you know, you seen, um, I guess, since you've kind of headed up, uh, you know, the, the business here, um, you know, as far as, uh, you know, from a revenue standpoint, a production standpoint, uh, an efficiency standpoint? Uh, production and revenue, I think we've, we've really done a good job of growing that side of the business. I think, if nothing else, having the team set up like it is, um, 
I think it gives us an opportunity. We become more cognizant of that revenue stream. We become more cognizant of it costs us to soil sample. So the old thought process of if you buy fertilizer from us, we'll do your soil sampling for for you, really doesn't come into play anymore. It 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 doesn't it can't stand on its own, and to a certain point, service revenue has to have the ability to stand on its own in whether it's agronomy, technology, precision ag, whatever you want to call it, it has to have the capability of standing on its own revenue-wise, but it doesn't necessarily, and it can't necessarily stand on its own in an overall business because Southern States doesn't sell technology for the sake of technology. Our job is crop inputs and, and crop services. Just like an equipment dealer, sells tractors and combines, they don't necessarily sell technology for the sake of technology. Mm-hmm. Right, right. Well, are you able to, uh, I mean, you mentioned the revenue side of things. You know, you guys have certainly seen some some progress there. You know, is there any way to, to characterize that, you know, in terms of, you know, percentages or, or you know, kind of, uh, that might be a tough thing that's to a, point that's in a, an organization yeah. like this, but. It's really a tough thing to, to key in on because we don't all bundle the same thing the same way. Uh, you know, you saw really two major dif- major different markets that we deal in with Virginia, but also in North Carolina, where Weston's from. And those markets and how the market approaches the technology is completely different. And so how we sell it in King William or at Orange Madison Co-op, they may sell it as a service package, where Weston may sell it as an overall, I have inputs and services, here's your package for the season, and so they don't necessarily match up and how we can quantify what that growth looks like. Uh, We also have services that may be used as a loss leader in some instances, but don't have a, a direct tie into what the what that loss leader was you know growing to sell, namely you know let's say tissue sampling. Mm-hmm. They may give the tissue sample away, but they sell nutrients, fungicides, insecticides, all the other things in season that really drive our business, and and but that you can't necessarily always you know bring those two together, mm-hmm. right. But but I know I mean you guys uh, you know do kind of track uh, certain elements of that mm-hmm. and I know I think you'd share that it was something like uh, nine hundred thousand acres that you guys had you know serviced mm-hmm. with precision uh, in, in this. Those year. are our active acres. Yes, active acres. So I mean, can you you know talk a little bit about, you know how those have maybe grown because it sounds like that's a trackable metric that you guys use. We we track a couple of different things with that. We track our overall boundary acres and we've probably grown that by 70 or 80 percent in the last three years uh year over year and that's you know cumulative but we've also uh started out some new practices that create active acres uh so it's not just soil sampling and variable rate do we use varus on an acre that to me if that's done in the last two years that's now an active acre because we not don't necessarily perform some of these services every year 
I mean, Varus is a bit of an anomaly because it's a one-time hit, but it gets us into that next step of soil sampling or yield maps and how does it correlate and some of those things. So that's what we look at. But when we look at seeding acres, variable rate acres, soil sample, that's how we're trying to quantify how it's active and, and in that timeline. Gotcha, gotcha. So right, so you kind of maybe have that jumping off point, mm -hmm. whatever that may be, and that kind of triggers that activity, and then that's, you know, obviously would presumably then be the opportunity for you to build on that, mm -hmm. so, and, and continue to increase uh, those acres, so, mm -hmm. okay, that that makes sense. Um, well, and I know we, we talked with a couple of the uh, staff here about, uh, obviously, the service side, and you guys, you know, uh, you know, our 100% service, that's, mm -hmm. you know, the, the business you are in on mm -hmm. the precision side and how that connects with the rest of the organization. But, um, you know, is there a way to, to kind of measure, you know, how you guys have uh, kind of grown in that area? And, and I know, again, without really being able to pinpoint specific, you know, maybe numbers uh, mm -hmm. from a financial side, but I mean, have you guys been able to kind of track or, or identify some signs that is kind of showing, all right, we're seeing this as, you know, a, a revenue generator. Mm -hmm. This is a money maker. Well, and I think it's also given us a sign, uh, a capability of showing some shortfalls uh, in our business. Uh, some of the things that we thought we were making money at, all of a sudden, some things hadn't been taken into account and, and shown where we can grow in our revenue and, and do a better job in our biz, overall business. Um, but I think overall, we're seeing more of a value add sale, uh, more of an advisory sale than we have before, and that that's where we're really growing our business because it's in in an incremental stance of value add rather than commodity sell, and so again, that's hard to quantify how we want to go about with that. We'll get back to the discussion shortly, but I did want to take a moment again and thank our sponsor, Farmer's Edge, for making this program possible. Farmer's Edge is proud to partner with dealers across the United States to unlock exceptional opportunities for their farm customers. Through innovative technology and field-centric tools, their whole farm smart solution will strengthen your platform and enhance your customer relations. Grow opportunities for your customers and become a representative for Farmer's Edge today. Visit them at FarmersEdgeUSA.com slash become a representative or call them at 952-582-1398. Well, Dave talked about focusing on limiting factors to crop production for precision customers and looking at their operation as a whole, not just one perspective of it. To that end, Southern States has moved away from a conventional crop production program and moved more toward a nurturing focus program. Using the four R's of nutrient stewardship, right source, right rate, right time, and right place as a framework, precision services are tailored to individual customer needs rather than packaged in a one-size-fits-all program. That approach has allowed Dave and his precision team to capitalize on advisory sales with a tiered approach to service versus a pure commodity sell. Let's get back to the discussion and hear more from Dave Swain 
who shares some examples of how Southern States is leveraging in-season services to grow its precision business. Maybe, um, you know, an example or two that you would have on, on how that's kind of bore out. You know, what have you seen? Maybe what are some of those value adds or what are some of those instances where, um, you know, maybe it's something on the input side or, or you know, um, you know, related to the application business. But have you seen some of those peripheral growth indicators, you know, tied to the precision business? Oh, absolutely. Um I think it really comes into some of those in-season services that we've really started to quantify and, and the realization of what that meant really comes into play. Uh, I'll, I'll use tissue sampling as probably the biggest uh, indicator. Southern States is tissue sampled. I mean, the industry is tissue sampled for years. And so it's not like it was new technology, but how we go about tissue sampling and what we learn from it and how we start showing incremental change for the customer has changed how we approached how we sell it. And so now that maybe it was a lost leader before and just a service that we perform for them now becomes a chargeable service that's really proven value and a return on the investment to the farmer. And that's really what I've seen probably the biggest impact in our inputs business because we're able we're pinpointing where we want to go sample what that means and then how to fix it mm-hmm. and and a farmer can't say well that you know I, we walk out in the field and I say well that looks like a manganese deficiency and the farmer goes well is it or are you just trying to sell me manganese type of thing today when we go out and we pinpoint where we're taking that tissue sample we get a test result back from the lab and we show him where his deficiencies are. And now we know from science, not from opinion, what's happening. And now it is a fact, not a, not a prediction. And I and have to be careful how I say that because I think, I think the guys are doing a good job even when they scout it. I mean, we've been trained to do that. Mm-hmm. But now we're showing them factual numbers and quantifying how big of an impact it makes. And that's where that ROI is coming in yes. from the investment they're making, obviously, in the services you provide. So mm-hmm. they're seeing that value. And again, that plays into kind of that decision making. I mean, you're helping yes. them, like you said, not just speculate, mm-hmm. you know, perhaps on, on a need, but showing them, you know, definite uh, deficiencies. So. Exactly. So. Um, so, so obviously, too, then kind of looking at that agri- agronomic side, um, you know, obviously being involved in, you know, in kind of the prescription side of things and, and then obviously executing those. Mm-hmm. And, and that was talked about as well. Um, but, um, you know, what, what are some of the tools that you guys are using to, to kind of deliver that to the customer, um, you know, as far as. Um, you know, what you're using for, you know, data processing and what you're using to kind of, you know, put those pieces together? Uh, our main tool is right now is Ag Studio uh, from MapShots, and it's a very good tool to for production agriculture. It gives us the opportunity to bring in a lot of different layers of, of data, and it's very flexible in how we can manage that data and create recommendations, scripts, whatever you want to call it, to generate an action. 
so that's been our main that's our main data management and production tool. We're starting into a new tool. This year we, we signed a supply agreement with Winfield for our crop protection and seed business, but it also brought in a, a very good, and it's not even a, a precision ag tool, but R7 is a, a great seed tool that helps us do a better job of positioning our seed, but it also has some precision ag tools in it as well that help us in that function. It helps us move our salespeople as well as our customers into maybe a discovery program, into an evaluation program, because it's not a, t a precision ag data management tool, but it does bode well into integrating into a precision ag program. We talked about some of the uh, kind of the different tiers and things that you guys are working with as mm -hmm. well, um, you know, and, and on the service side. You mentioned kind of the, we talked about the entry level and the intermediate and how those are, are kind of structured, but it is very um, tailored, you know, mm -hmm. and that's kind of the goal that it seems you guys mm -hmm. have with putting together the precision pieces. Mm -hmm. uh, maybe, you know, just talk a little bit about with, you know, some of the different price points that you have, mm -hmm. how that is kind of translated to, you know, interest and, I guess, commitment from customers, mm -hmm. you know, to, to buy in. Because, you know, they're... You know, words like skepticism were used today and, you know, convincing and, you know, things like that. And, and that, you know, every business has to, you know, go through that. But, mm -hmm. you know, again, from, from your perspective and, and making that leap then mm -hmm. to build on those initial services is a challenge for mm -hmm. a, lot of, a lot of companies. Well, and I think, you know, you made mention of it earlier today as well. There's a lot going on and it's hard to, for anybody to keep up with it. And so the a la carte we have a whole list of things that we do, things that we can offer to a customer. And really those sales programs are more of a structure to help the salesman and the customer manage expectations. And so when they know here are the things that we can do and here are the deliverables that we should expect, now I don't have to wonder. Now I have an expectation of, you know, at this time I should expect to see this, at this time I should expect to see that, and at the end, we'll see what happens. And we have, a, we have the opportunity, whether it's through a yield map or sitting down and doing some data analysis, the opportunity to see what those results are. And that's really a, an end-of-season almost review, but also can turn into a next-year planning session. Um, but that's really what those programs are, are set to do. And, and yeah, we have the, the template for what's in them. But as you said earlier, we don't have a, a kind of a standard market place. When we go from Maryland to north central Georgia out to Kentucky, to say that we're diverse would be an understatement. And so not one size fits all, to say the least. And so what we need them to do is, okay, we have a structure, a template that they can work from, but they can mix and match what those deliverables are and still know that if I have an entry level, I don't want to get that too complicated. This is to get somebody that's maybe even afraid of technology to understand it doesn't have to be complicated, but we can learn things. And once you learn things at this level, we start moving you up to learn more because the services are different and enable you to see different things within the operation. So those are the things we're looking at. You know, grid sampling, 
is a great benchmark for agronomy. Is our agronomy doing what we should we expect it to do? But doing the inner samples, the three samples per 50 acres, now we look at that toward production. And so now we can focus on a production issue now and now identify specific things that we need to address in conjunction with the benchmark. Probably just a, the last <clears throat> question for, for here was just... Um, you talked uh, about, um, and this came up as well, you know, just about kind of the structure and the scope here uh, mm -hmm. of the operation now. Um, you know, I think it had seen something like 200,000 members, and I know you guys have different uh, structure, you know, within that on, on, you know, members and, you know, mm -hmm. obviously as we saw with how people are involved. But, um, you know, from your perspective, you know, is kind of overseeing this, you know, how do you, how do you keep track of all this? I mean, you know, um, just from kind of an accountability standpoint mm -hmm. and, and just, you know, kind of an oversight mm -hmm. element. Well, we try to put some things in some, I'll call them guidelines, um, especially with the members and the private dealers, you know, they run their own business, but we try to give them some guidelines that they can help make their business more efficient more productive, more profitable, uh, and that comes through servicing our, our members, our customers better and making them more profitable. But what we're trying to do is we, we put a structure into place that gives us the opportunity to say, here's what we're doing with soil and soil sciences. Here's uh, imagery or sensor technology. Here's um, you know, here's the different aspects of what we do and try to put some structure, a very loose structure to that and then put it out to the field and make sure that, you know what, we, we don't want somebody kind of going off the reservation with something that's completely out, you know, out in left field. But at the same time, we want to make sure that they have the flexibility that if they see something that fits their operation, may not fit the whole business, but if it fits their operation, go for it. You know, you have to run your business and we want to help you do that. And if there's anything in that new product that we can help them with, that's our job as well. We want to look at new products, new technologies, new uh, venues, and try to be their product development for them so that they don't have to do the testing, do the figure it out, does it work and then does it pay? What does the business look like? We'd like to do that for them so that when they, when they see it and they get it, all they have to do is implement it. Well, thank you, Dave, for sitting down to share Southern State's method and model for developing its precision farming business. Swain cited tissue sampling as an example of how the retailer transitioned into its decision egg approach to delivering precision services. Though not necessarily a new service, it's been an effective entry point for selling precision novices on the value of technology, while also helping close the deal on fertilizer purchases. Dave adds that it's gone from something they gave away to help sell nutrients or fungicide to being a chargeable service with proven return on investment for the customer. The biggest financial impact has been with the co-op's input business, because they can now show customers what a sample means and how to fix a trouble spot in their field. Having the ability to pinpoint a problem area and back it up with data adds credibility to the recommendation and builds confidence with the customers. 
Those listeners who would like to see more about Southern States Precision Business can visit www.precisionfarmingdealer.com mvd. And I'd like to again recognize and thank our sponsor, Farmer's Edge, for helping make this Precision Farming Dealer podcast series possible. And I certainly look forward to your feedback on today's program. So feel free to give me a call at 262-777-2441 or send me an email at jzemlicka at lessitermedia.com. Also, I'll look for you at the upcoming Precision Farming Dealer Summit, January 8th and 9th in Louisville. Again, the theme of this dealer-only event is bridging the precision profitability gap and will feature a mix of general sessions, panel presentations, and roundtable discussions. Space is limited, and you can visit precisionfarmingdealersummit.com for more information and summit updates. And you can also keep up on the latest precision farming news impacting your dealership by registering online for our free daily email update. And be sure to follow us on Twitter at PFD Editors and on our Precision Farming Dealer Facebook page. Well, I hope that you'll join us again on November 9th for the next episode in our 2017 podcast series. And I look forward to seeing you in Louisville this coming January at the third Precision Farming Dealer Summit. For Dave Swain and Southern States Cooperative, Farmer's Edge, and our entire staff here with Precision Farming Dealer, I'm Jack Samlicka. Thanks for listening.